Welcome to Faith Kit, a weekly conversation with Rev. Dr. Glenn Miles and noted guests, dialoguing their life of faith in today's culture. Let's join Dr. Miles and today's guest. Hi, this is Glenn Miles, Senior Minister at First Community Church, and you're listening to Faith Kit. And today's guest is the Rev. Sarah Keats, Minister to Youth in Camp Akita at First Community. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Glenn? I'm, I'm doing great. Just another day. I, I think we were both talking about how we had a huge, gigantic lunch and maybe don't need to eat for several days. That is true. We had the I Love You luncheon today, which was generously given to us by the Women's Guild. And we are so stuffed that we might have to roll ourselves out of here. So. <laughs> I think I've got a three-mile walk coming later yeah, this afternoon exactly. just to burn off the calories and still have more to go. Yeah. Well, Sarah, why don't you take a moment to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, your background, and uh, all, all that good stuff. Sure. I grew up um, in Columbus. I grew up in Upper Arlington, graduated from Upper Arlington High School. Um, um, and started coming to uh, First Community and getting involved in First Community when I was in high school. Uh, when I was going into ninth grade, I started going to Camp Akita, and that was my first experience with First Community. Started getting involved with the youth program there. So Camp Akita first. Camp Akita first. Did, did I assume a friend or somebody invited you? Yeah, I had some friends who were involved in the program and who had grown up going to Sunday school as little kids, and they started going to camp and invited me to come along, and I did, and absolutely fell in love with the place. So um, I started working at Camp Akita when I was in college, mm. and then after college, um, they had an opening on the youth staff, and so I started helping out on the youth staff just part-time and over the course of... At the church. Here at the wow. church, yep. And over the course of the next seven years, eventually became the director of youth ministry. Then I, in 2016, I left and went to seminary at Vanderbilt Divinity School um, and came back as um, one of the clergy staff here. Well, go back a step or two then. Um, tell us about your call to ministry. Where, where, did, where, where were the first sort of seeds germinating around that? Can you recall back when that was, where that happened? Yeah, I think that it was, I really have to credit um, Camp Akita quite a bit. That's really where I found a lot of my own personal faith formation. Um, connecting with not only fellow staff, but also campers there was really inspiring to me and being able to hear about um, many different people's faith um, was really important to me in my journey and wanting to continue to be part of the faith formation of other folks and to have those deep conversations mm -hmm. that we don't seem to be able to have um, many other places. I was also really drawn to um, the, the idea of being able to serve other people and committing your life to um, the service of others. That was really important to me. Um, when I was working here just on the youth ministry team before I went to seminary, um, I really thought about, you know, is working for a church something that I want to continue to do or should I go into teaching or should I go into kind of throw myself into the camp world and be kind of a camp administrator type of right, person. Right. Um, but what I really loved about working for in, in ministry was being able to do so many different things, being able to have the deep conversations, being able to be there with and for people in really difficult moments, um, being able to serve others. And all of those things felt like um, I was being called deeper into ministry as, as opposed to being called out of it. And so that's how I found myself going to seminary. There, there you go. I, I really think that youth ministry uh, is is a, is the broadest application of 
what a, what a solo pastor does or a senior pastor in a larger setting does in terms of all things you have to do. You have to be, work on inspiring talks. You have to be able to meet people in their need. You have to be able to organize events and, and have administrative skills. It really takes a, a full set of, of skills to, to do the work you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's part of the draw to it, too, is I get to do so many different things in, right. in one day, especially when I'm down at Camp Akita. I mean, in one day, I'm giving an inspiring talk, but then also turning around and like hammering two two by fours together to create the backdrop of a game or something like that. So it's, there's a lot of different skills um, that are really fun to be able to use. I, I, I think in my youth ministry days, I may have set up more chairs and rearranged more chairs than any, at least up until that time. You, you're probably way ahead of me, but in that, those days, it's, that's all I do is move chairs around. Moving chairs and furniture and also ordering pizza. Nobody's no, better important. at ordering pizza than I do, so. <laughs> These are important skills to have yeah. uh, when, it, when it comes to ministry. Well, we're, we are, the, this Faith Kit um, series over the next few weeks is really focused on our stewardship campaign here at at, uh, at First Community. And one of the ideas we're, we're highlighting this year is the, the act of giving as a spiritual practice. Um, uh, you know, in, in years past, in, in this church and other churches I've served, and, and in churches in general, there's a tendency to think of stewardship as, oh, we got to raise money to pay the bills, to do all that. Well, that's part of it. But we're really looking at it as a spiritual practice. Can you say a little bit about you and how you've made that a, uh, a practice of your spirituality? Yes, I actually have a story about oh, um, uh, giving as a spiritual practice. So when I was growing up, um, we went to a different church in town for, and I went to Sunday school there and um, really enjoyed it. And I, I think it was maybe I was in maybe fifth or sixth grade. I had a Sunday school teacher who really put a lot of emphasis on giving. Mm. And so as a class, we would go in each Sunday and, and learn, you know, a Bible story but a big part of it was that he would pass around a basket for the offering. And at that time I was getting an allowance from my parents, maybe $10 a week or so, and that I was allowed to, to spend on whatever I wanted. So a lot of times taking a couple dollars to school to spend on the bake sale or something like that. I spent a lot of the money on CDs, um, Backstreet Boys, sync, that kind of a those thing. Those are those round metal things we used to use for music? Yeah, any children who are listening to this won't have this any idea, no idea, so skip ahead 10 <laughs> seconds or so. Um, but uh, So I get to spend that $10 on whenever I wanted, but um, because I was modeled, um, the Sunday school teacher for me modeled how important it was to give to the church, I would always reserve a couple of dollars to bring in to Sunday school. And so he did a really cool thing where he would send the basket around the room and, and collect the dollar or two from each kid. And then he would count it up in front of us. And let's say we had we had all brought in collectively ten dollars. Right. He would match that, and oh, so wow. he would put in ten dollars. And then we would play a little game. And I don't, for the life of me, I don't remember what the game was. I think it was like a quiz on what we had learned in Sunday school about the Bible story, or just some silly thing. But you, if you won the game, then you would get back. 10% of collectively oh, what we had put in. What a cool thing. So you could get back. So if we've had $20, you know, what we brought in and what the Sunday school teacher had matched, you could get $2 back. Um, and so, of course, the more that people brought in, the more you could win back. Right. Now, I'm not saying that we should start um, some sort of like children's gambling room here at the church, um, which might be really exciting, but I'm not saying that, but I am saying that it was a really cool way to sort of illustrate that 
the more collectively we give to the church, the more that we get back from that. Um, and, and even those weeks where it was not, where I did not win a couple of dollars back, um, to see the joy on my friends' faces and the excitement of who's going to kind of get it this time. And, um, you know, what are they going to do with that sort of modeled that the church is here for you in a time of need. And every once in a while, each and every one of us are going to benefit and get something back from what we put into the offering plate. And nine times out of town, the kids that got the two, three, four dollars out of the offering would just put it right back in, um, which was kind of a nice thing to do. Got too. Call as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but that sort of modeled to me how giving can be a spiritual practice and something that makes you um, feel really proud and of the community that you are part of yeah, in I, your willingness. To I give. love what you're saying there because it, it really shows that it's more than the gift. There's right. so much more that's already there, and by by sharing something that is yours mm-hmm. with others, you get the idea is that for what your teachers teach you, you get more back. It yeah. sounds a little bit like Jesus' parable of the talents. Yeah. Uh, where the, the only person who gets in trouble, and it's a parable, it's not meant to be taken literally, folks, don't worry, but but uh, the, is the guy who buries the money safely. Right. And he's the one who, who is basically chastised for not trusting in the gift. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, your teacher was allowing you to trust in the gift and that something good could happen from this. Yes. If not for you, one of your friends were on the table. Right. And it didn't matter, it didn't matter how much you brought in originally, you still had kind of the same opportunity to right. um, get some back get and, and, back. Be, and benefit I, from what everybody brings in. I love it. That's so. great. Maybe we'll do that some Sunday. Yeah, we might have to try that with our <laughs> Sunday school kids and I, see how it goes. I, I remember um, my dad's church in San Francisco was uh, primarily very low-income folks and mm-hmm. folks who were, um, some of them surviving on government assistance and so on, so on. It took us a while to get used to this. When the offering trades would go by, People would like maybe drop a ten in, but then take a five out. Yeah. You know, and and right. at first it was like that's sort of strange, but no, that five dollars they just gave us a huge gift. Right. Um, uh, so I, I remember my dad and the deacons sort of uh, uh, filling the the trays with ones so mm. that people could, could literally get change and yeah. still still get practice giving. Um, yeah. It is it is an important thing. All right. Um, uh, what about a time, Sarah, when you uh, were stretched to give, when you when you found yourself giving a little more than you thought you could, if you've done something like that, and what was it like, and what did you learn from, from that opportunity? Mm. Stretched as in challenged to yeah, give more, yeah, maybe? Yeah, right. Um, well, I can really speak to, like, times that I was really inspired to give more than I planned to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... I'm always grateful for this community and I'm always, um, you know, proud to be part of it. But I think that the times that I, when I think back on um, the times that I've maybe been the most proud to be part of this community um, and most grateful for it are some of the harder times. Um, We've unfortunately had to have some, um, say goodbye to some members of the community that had um, really sudden and unfortunate passings, particularly some young people in our community. So I think of um, services of memory for folks like um, Casey Wilson and Hayden DeRoberts and Kyle Vesper and Anna Root. Um, some of those those individuals who, who died too young um, and who I was really honored to be part of their services of memory. Um, and it's in those times that seem really unimaginably dark that I think that this community has really been 
um, so important, not only in the, in the actual like moment of the service of memory, but also in the outpouring of support for the families and, and all of the things kind of before and after those services um, have really been ins inspiring to me to give more to this community because I know those are the times where we really tangibly can see how important First Community is um, in our lives. So those were the times where I was also kind of the most stressed out in um, being part of the church. Um, but, but of course, also extremely grateful for this place and really inspired to continue to give not only financially, but also my time and my talent to this place in order to support those really important moments. Uh, I remember staying with you at two of those services, the one for Anna and the one for, for Kyle. And if I remember correctly, the one for Kyle was technically your very first day as a full-time member of our clergy. That's right. So I had come back to be, um, you know, officially part of the clergy staff. And my first day written down on the, you know, the contract of when my first day was going to start was the day of his service of memory. Um, so, but also, you know, one of the greatest honors of my life to be part of, of that course. service and yes. to speak about my friend that day. So. And I, and I believe that was, the, I know that was the first ever uh, memorial service held mm -hmm. at the sanctuary at First Community North. That's right. And it was a packed house and, mm -hmm. and uh, the choir. The alumni choir that he was a part of uh, in Venice, I think. That's right. Uh, came and sang, and and uh, it, it was it it was both a difficult and beautiful service, as I recall. And, That's right. And you were a great part of that for sure. Yeah, but those are those are some times where I, I think that we remember how important this place is and um, are inspired to give of ourselves in whatever way we can. Yeah, I'm glad you did that too because it's part of this the the. the um, spiritual act of giving is not just writing a check or mm -hmm. dropping a, a dollar or two in the plate, as important as that is, but it's also the time, the talent, and the other ways that we're stretched. Um, you've led numerous mission trips. I'm mm -hmm. sure you've seen you know, not only yourself be stretched, but but some of the young people on those trips and, and 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 so forth. That's really part of the whole spiritual economy. The mission trips, you're doing something. We're building three homes for families that don't have homes. That's amazing. And a, and a, a secondary effect is, is the physical, personal, mental, emotional, and, and spiritual challenge that comes with, with that sort of giving. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of the things that we do in the youth program are sort of those mountaintop experiences right. that are kind yeah. of all-encompassing. You're going and spending the night somewhere, whether it's um, in a tent in Mexico in the elements so that you can build a house for other folks, or if it's in a cabin at Camp Akita where it rains every single day as it did at family campus. Um, <laughs> That's right. Year. I thought about you all day. Yeah. Yes. Not very long, but I didn't think for right. a minute or two. Yeah. Right. Um, so there are times where it really is kind of an all-encompassing, um, you know, 20, literally 24 hours a day job. Um, and it, it really, um, at least for me, I can only speak of myself, but I know this is true of other people. It really stretches me to and challenges me um, to remember, especially during those stressful times when the rain is pouring down, why it is that we're doing this. Um, and and it's, it's important to remember that and um, to remember that this is a, a worthy uh, thing to do and a worthy place to be, for sure. 
Yes, ma'am. So uh, uh, try something different now. Uh, take off your, your clergy hat if you've got one. Okay. Um, I don't have one, but in case you have one, take, take it off metaphorically, set it aside, and now, now just look at First Community as, and you were a member of the community mm -hmm. first before you were on staff, so you've been there at least in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, think about the church, and what is it about this church's ministry and mission that inspires Sarah, not Reverend Keats, but Sarah to, to, to participate in getting here? Yeah. Um, I, I think that we have just the most wonderful message. I think that we have so many different programs. There's so many different ways to get involved. We could sit here and probably list them off and it would take us hours. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it kind of comes back to our kind of core message that everyone is loved and everyone is deserving of, um, of love. And um, that love comes from God. And we are the people who try to put hands and feet to that. Um, and so I... I have benefited from that message in so many ways um, and in doing so many of the different pieces and parts of the church. When I think of kind of taking my clergy head off and just the ways that I've benefited here, um, a, a recent, a relatively recent example is that during the pandemic, um, I was living alone um, and so was able to sort of quarantine with my parents a little bit, but they were really the only people that I was seeing during quarantine, um, during those days where really nobody was leaving their homes. Um, but the church said, hey, we need some help at Heart to Heart for those who want to put a mask on and come and stock shelves and things like that. And so there was no obligation in my job description to come over here and help out with Heart to Heart. Um, but it was a way for me to reconnect to my community mm -hmm. and to do and to feel like I was doing something helpful kind of for the community in this in this great time of need. Um, so heart to heart has been sort of personally a really important part of the ministry of this church for me. Um, not only and not only do I give to the church in order to help support that food pantry, but also it is a place where I can um, practice service and and justice work um, just for my own self just too. For yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. So put your hat back on. Okay. <laughs> Reverend Sarah's back in the room. Um, imagine you're preaching a sermon on stewardship. Mm -hmm. What do you want to say? That's a hard one because there is so much to say. Um, but I think that if I was to to preach that, I think that the text that I would probably use is the one that many refer to as the widow's might. Um, the story that there is a, um, a widow. I've always imagined her as an older woman, but she might not be. I don't, you know. It could be any age, but... In the context, she might even be in her, eight, in her teens or 20s. Yeah, right? um, could be any age, but she um, has very little to give to um, the, the life of the community and, and to the temple. And so she brings just two coins, um, and others kind of look down on her for not giving very much, and Jesus is the one who says, this woman has given more than all of the rest of you um, because, you know, she's giving it with her whole heart, and he doesn't say this, but here's how I interpret it. She's giving it with her whole heart, and, and it, it represents so much of, of her income, just this little piece, this, these two little coins. Um, and so I think that I would preach on the fact that all of us have, have something to give. Um, all of us have, um, you know, sort of two coins worth um, that we are not only able to give, but happy to give. Um, there's... 
I, I truly believe that each and every member of this church, people of all ages, from our very youngest um, Sunday school kids um, to young adults to older adults, everybody has something to contribute, and we are a better community when we contribute um, our gifts and our talents. Yeah, I love that a lot. Um, you reminded me of a, of a phrase I'm using in this in this uh, season of stewardship. Uh, not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. Right. I mean, imagine if the percentage of giving of uh, everyone in the church was the same as the widow right. who gave those two mites. Mm -hmm. uh, we would we would be overwhelmed with uh, uh, more income than we've ever seen in our lives if, right. if that if the percentages were, were similar to that. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember a story in in uh, Atlanta when I was there, and this one couple came in and that we were doing a capital campaign, and they felt terrible. They were, uh, uh, both of them retired. Older, older adults in their 70s on very limited income, and they made a faithful pledge, but they couldn't give to the capital campaigns. They just didn't have any extra money. They came in and, and were so excited to tell me, we're giving up coffee for a year. Mm -hmm. That will be $13 a month. That's going to be $150 a, a year. And we know it's small enough. And, you know, I was in tears by the end of the, right. that meeting because here's a couple that, that, that was their might. Right. And I was like, you know what? Come by my office any day and I'll serve you coffee. Right. <laughs> but it was it's the beauty of the gift yeah. that matters the most for yeah. for sure. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah. This has been great. Um, all my guests guests on Faith Kit get the last word. What's one thing you want to say to our members and friends at, at First Community? I just am excited to, to start another program year. I think that there's so many exciting things that we have coming up and we've spent so much time kind of planning the logistics of those, but more than anything else, I'm just excited for another year of building community with you all and um, getting to connect, and I look forward to seeing you. I love it. Me too. Thank you, Sarah Kings, and thank you all for listening. Thanks. Thank you for being with us in this episode of Faith Kit. Join us next week for another enlightening conversation.